Well, you need, you learn something new every day, John, because I didn't even know AOL was still in business. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what they do, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to the Active Marketer Podcast, where we talk about how to design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using sales and marketing automation. You can find out all the tips, tactics, and techniques you need to get more customers and sell more stuff over at theactivemarketer.com. Now, here's your host, Barry Moore. Welcome to the Active Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Barry Moore, and this is the podcast that's all about sales funnels and marketing automation. This week, we're going to talk about a hot topic that always seems to come up when people talk about marketing automation and different email service providers, and that's deliverability. What kind of sparked uh, this topic for this week was uh, recently... Gmail made a bit of an algorithm change to how they filter their emails for spam when they hit the inbox. Uh, And a lot of people who were getting to the inbox uh, disappeared out of the inbox, either to the promotions tab or straight to the spam folder. Uh, And when that happened, uh, open rates went down everywhere and people started pointing fingers. Uh, So I decided to get um, John Maldia from Active Campaign, the head of delivery over at Active Campaign, to talk a little bit about deliverability, what elements go into deliverability, what you can control, what you can't control, i.e. Gmail changing their algorithm, um, and some things you can do to give yourself the best chance of hitting that inbox. So... Let's get into this week's episode with John Maldia from Active Campaign. All right, I'd like to welcome to the show John Maldia from Active Campaign, head of deliverability over there. John, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for uh, having me here. Um, now, I see a lot of discussions around deliverability uh, in our private Facebook group and in, in my private community as well. Um, and there seems to be something that has a lot of misconceptions around it and nobody seems to really know what the story is. It seems like a dark art. So mm. I'd love to get you on and have a chat about kind of uh, a lot of different things, but you know, what is deliverability? Uh, how do you guys track it over there at Active Campaign, and some of the things that might be in your control and out of your control um, when it comes to deliverability as a sender. So um, let's just start there. What, you know, what is deliverability? What do you guys, how do you guys define it over there at Active Campaign? Sure. So deliverability is, is really one of those terms that's really, you know, very enigmatic. Um, even people that are in the ESP space, it's still a little bit, you know, fuzzy for them. Um, but, you know, they, depending on who you're talking to, um, you know, if you're talking to an ESP, they might be referring to the health of the servers. Uh, if you're talking to somebody who's sending, it might be, they might be repair, referring to their open rates. Uh, but generally speaking, especially for the sake of uh, your audience here in this podcast, um, I think we could define deliverability as the concept of getting your email um, as an email marketer into the inbox. Um, there's definitely you know def- different factors that affect deliverability. Um, we, you know, we can't wrap it into one thing, um, but you know, there's a lot of factors that we have to be aware about, uh, aware of when it comes to deliver- deliverability. Some of them. Um, the ESP can control, and then some of them, as a sender, you could control. Um, the, you know, some of those things are IP reputation, um, you know, content, bounces, spam complaints, 
contact interaction, list, uh, list quality. And I think the other thing that uh, people should know about when it comes to deliverability is that it's a very fickle thing. Like it changes all the time. Um, what may work one day may not work the other day. So that's probably, you know, one of the um, biggest misconceptions is that, uh, you know, because we get that a lot. We get tickets where somebody would come in and, you know, and come to us complaining that they were sending this type of email, you know, a month ago and now it's not going through. So it's possible that there's been, there's been changes in, uh, you know, in ISP rules, spam rules and all that stuff. Yeah, it seems to be like the email equivalent of SEO. Nobody really mm-hmm. is sure of all the There's like a million moving parts under the hood. And nobody, yeah, exactly. nobody's really sure what they all are, number one. And number two, they're changing. Like as you said, they're constantly changing all the time. So um, exactly. as an ESP yourself, an email service provider, like what do you guys measure uh, and what do you try and control as, as far as mm-hmm. – uh, like you can't control everything obviously. But um, – mm-hmm. So what, what things are you measuring? What things are you looking at? What things are you trying to control on your end to, to maximize the deliverability for your customers? Sure. So we take a holistic approach when it comes to anything that we do, really, and especially with deliverability. Um, I'll also tr- throw in compliance to that. So we take a holistic approach. Um, so what that means is that instead of just looking at you know, uh, one specific metric, like some people would just look at open rates and stuff, uh, we also look at other stuff. So in terms of managing our IPs, which is a primary concern for us, we monitor blacklists. We have uh, several alerts that are in place that tell us tells us if there are any you know spam complaints coming in, feedback loops, and stuff like that. Um, in terms of controlling what comes out of our, our platform, uh, we start with our uh, terms of service. They're very rigid. They're uh, you know probably a little too strict for some. Uh, we have certain um, uh, content types that we don't allow, um, you know, uh, and then in terms of the email sense uh, and, and even imports, we have automatic and manual uh, checks in place. Uh, for example, our campaign approvals, all emails that come through us, um, all emails that are sent through us go through an approval system that has a hundred checks. And then if, uh, if, you know, if, if certain things get triggered, then we would put that on a manual approval. Not all all accounts, you know, would get manually approved, but you know, we do check a certain portion of our of the emails that come through, so that we are, you know, we're in, like we're ensuring that everybody is in compliance. Yeah, just a couple of things to loop back to there. Like, yeah, you do have um, uh, not I won't say rigid, but. They're probably more rigid than others as far as terms of service go, and mm-hmm. and and so what's the thinking behind that? What's the reason behind that? Is it just that you want to you want to maximize your deliverability, or you just you know you're just building a company with customers you want you want to have yeah. and, and not customers you don't want to have? Um, well, I mean, it's a, you know it's a combination of all you know of those things. Plus, uh, we, we've been in business for um, more than 13, 13 years, I would say, so a little over uh, thirteen years. So. We've had a lot of experience in terms of what types of content, um, you know, we should allow, we shouldn't allow. Uh, every year, we probably turn away about like millions of dollars in revenue um, because we, you know, we want to make sure that the, that our clients' experience is, you know, uh, is top notch. Um, if we just allow anybody to send to us, then you know, people that are good senders would just suffer. So it's, you know, like I would say, it's, it's mainly a combination of. 
you know, what you've said and also the experience that we have when it comes to, um, you know, um, deliverability and compliance. Yeah, and if you let a lot of, you know, spammy douchebags to be blunt, <laughs> use, your, um, <laughs> use your platform, yeah. it's just going to hurt deliverability for everybody as well, right? Exactly, so, exactly. Um, one thing, uh, one thing I wanted to loop back to is that manual approval process because I've seen this from new customers all the time. So can you just confirm, like, if you have a brand-new account, like, all those people go on manual approval for the first few sends. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Like, every, uh, every new campaign that gets sent uh, to, uh, like, you know, on, on, a, on a new account gets uh, manually approved. Um, however, we don't uh, contact all of the email, all the, the accounts that, get manually approved um, to, so just a little tip in terms of, you know, making sure that everything is in order when you send, you first send your emails. I would suggest that when you import your list, we ask three questions on the import, you know, and import questions that be, be, as, be as detailed as possible when it comes to that. Cause usually that's what we look at. Um, if your content is, uh, you know, it's okay. Um, you know, and then you have, those detailed answers to those import questions, then we would just let those emails go. So, you know, even though they go on manual approval, it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll contact you, um, you know, because of that. Yeah, I've just had that. I just wanted to bring that up because um, lots of people in the Automation Nation Facebook group, they, you know, they, they get a new AC account and then they go to send and, you know, it's delayed for whatever, 20 minutes, 30 minutes or whatever. Is there... Um, just because they're unaware of the fact that it's got to go through the first, you know, few sends have to go through a manual approval process. Is there a way for people to streamline that? You know, if they, if they have a big send coming up and they kind of want to get pre-approval of it, is there a way to do that? Um, currently, we don't have any pre-approval. Like, we have some feedback on that, and, you know, that's something that we're considering. Um, I would say that, the, you know, the only thing that they could really do for the meantime is what, you know, what I suggested. Uh, just be very detailed in terms of what, uh, what the you know what answers you have under the import questions that we have. Um, another thing that you could possibly do would be to send us a ticket. Just you know, let us uh, you know uh, make us aware of what you're going to be doing. That we're going to be sending this. Do you have any questions? And we could possibly help you out with that. And then any answers that you have, we could put it on the um, account notes. Um, but I'm not you know that's not a guarantee that the emails won't be delayed. And we try to be as quick as possible with that, but you know, um, we also have to analyze the email just to make sure that you know everything is in order. Okay, cool. Um, just looping back to the, the deliverability bit in the in um, in keeping your servers clean, um, mm-hmm. is like what what is going to what would hurt your servers as far as like lowering getting them on a blacklist? As you said, you're checking blacklists all the time, so. You know, what would put them on a blacklist or what would damage their reputation, you know, as a sending IP? What are the elements that go into that? Um, so there's a, there's a lot of uh, things that could uh, affect that. The one, you know, some of the main things that uh, would affect that would be spam, spam complaints. So that's probably the main, um, you know, cost there. Um, also, if, if uh, uh, we have senders that are um, using domain name, domain uh, domains that are, blacklisted in the emails that could also have an effect on the uh, the emails and you know if for whatever reason some uh, some malicious sender uh, slips through that might be another cost for uh, an IP to be blacklisted 
And if somebody wanted to, you know, um, essentially check or essentially scrub their messages before they send them, I'd like to check, mm -hmm. check for those blacklisted domains. Are there good sites or good tools that they can uh, they can use to do that to make sure they give themselves the best chance before they hit send? Yes, uh, definitely. Um, the one that I use all the time is MX Toolbox. So if you just put in the domain or an IP that you know that you're using, you could check if the that domain or IP is blacklisted. Um, there's also another site uh, I believe it's called Multiver.org. Um, you know that's another site where it checks uh, a ton of like blacklist organizations. And then in terms of like you know cleaning up and scrubbing your list, um, there there's uh, a few different sites, especially if you have an old list. Um, that could scrub those lists of, of any bad emails because bounce that that uh, if you send to a an old list one of the main things that um, might happen is that you'll get a ton of bounces so uh, in order for you to get rid of those those bad emails you could go to those uh, list uh, list cleaning sites uh, one that we usually recommend is bright verify sorry what was the name of that one uh, bright bright verify it's b r i t e v e r i f y um, so moving on, moving on, we touched on it a little bit in that there's a lot of elements that go into deliverability. But um, if I'm a sender, uh, mm. kind of what are the what are the major elements that kind of go into deliverability? Um, just so I'm aware of them, and, and kind of which ones are in my control and which ones are just kind of completely outside of my control. Sure. Yeah. So, um, in terms of what's out of your control, like you know, I'll touch on that a little bit. Um, um, the the IP rep reputation that's really that's really out of uh, a sender's control. The only thing that you could really do in terms of that would be to contact us if we haven't you know dealt with it or already. That would be you know th that would be very helpful for us to know that you know you you notice that there's some blocks on it. Um, another thing that might not be under your control would be domain reputation. So if you're using a different domain on your uh, on your email, maybe you're linking to it or something. If that's blacklisted, you can't really, uh, you don't really have any control over that. So those are the two main things that you don't have any control over. Um, in terms of the you know elements that you have control over, there's probably three main things that are that is probably. Uh, in in um, in a big umbrella called sender reputation. So, the the three the three, three, three main things there would be list quality, uh, content, and then contact interaction. So in the past, what ISPs looked at was mainly IP and dom domain reputation. But um, you know over the past several several years, they've moved you know slowly away from that and have a more user based uh, filtering. And they rely heavily right now on content, content and contact interaction. So you know th those are the things that you really have to make sure that um, you're taken care of. So if you have uh, an email that you're designing, you have to make sure that um, you have good image to text ratio. You're not using bad domains like uh, email shorteners. Um, making sure that the content that you're sending uh, sending to your email your uh, list um, is something that they um, that they opted in, opted in for. Um, and then in terms of contact interaction, you just want to make sure that your contacts are always engaged. So, you know, doing your best to um, make sure that the emails are open, having click-throughs, uh, forwards, uh, stuff like that. And then for list quality, 
making sure that uh, only um, only contacts that are opted in are uh, the ones in your list that you're sending to. Okay, uh, maybe we can touch on a few of those just just quickly. So the content con- contact integration um, interaction interaction. Sorry, contact yeah, interaction. Yeah. Um, that that's based off just those 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 obvious things like opens and clicks and forwards and stuff. Correct. Um, yeah. And 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 that's the number that comes up in your active campaign dashboard, right? Is that it? So this is like yeah, sixty-seven percent engagement rate sure. or whatever it is. Yeah, that's correct. So um, you know, with interaction, it's you know, it's anything that that uh, um, that is done by the contact you know to the email. So any any uh, any sort of uh, action within the email. That's why I mentioned, you know, aside from opens and clicks, I also mentioned forwards. Um, I also mentioned uh, like social share. Social share, you know, like that that could also be considered a click. But, you know, just making sure that, you know, there's some sort of um, interaction between the contact and the email. Yeah, cool. And then uh, content, you mentioned content as well. Are there some some, um, high-level guidelines to follow there? Yeah, sure. So, um, we, we have a, a good um, uh, article on our site here. I, I could link that later on. Yeah, sure. Um, that has you know several tips in terms of um, creating good content. So you know, uh, one of the you know these I'm just going to list a few things that people need to be aware of in terms of creating their content. Um, you know, one of the main things that you probably would want to uh, look at would be the spam uh, spam checker. So you want to make sure that. Your, you don't have any scores, so that's another misconception that people have, that if they have a low, low score, they feel like, oh, I'm good, you know. So it's not really about having a low score or a high score. It's about having no score at all. So any score with, within that uh, spam filter uh, gives you a high uh, you know, probability that your email could get filtered. So you just want to make sure that anything that you see there, you, you, know, you take care of and you, you know, address if it's something that um, you can't do anything about, then you know you you um, you know you could ignore it. Um, you know there's still a, a probability, but even if it's something that you can't avoid, you can't you know you can't avoid that. Um, another thing would be using single graphics. Um, we still have clients that do that, um, so you want you want to make sure that you have a, a, a good ratio of graphics and text. You don't want to just send a Single graphic. You know, one of the main reasons for that is that when ISPs look at your email, they try to look for patterns within the email, and if they don't see any text there, they can't really, you know, judge if that email is something that's spammy or is not spammy. Um, uh, and then another thing that you would want to look at would be subject. Um, if you're like you, you kind of like probably what you would want to do there would be test. Uh, um, test your subject to see if you know if it's something that would in, engage your clients or contacts or not. Um, another thing that I mentioned would be link shorteners. Try to avoid those. Um, and then using a consistent from email address would also be um, you know one thing that you would wanna uh, look at in terms of content. Um, you know when when you have a consistent from address um, reputation, you know that that builds up the reputation and also. Um, gives a, uh, a a recognition to your contacts. So you know when you're using a consistent from, your contacts recognize that uh, you know um, would recognize your email and they know it'd be a trusted uh, sender. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and another interesting thing one of my colleagues found out is with that spam score is that um, he was sending out emails with just a naked link pasted in there, you know, HTTPS, blah, 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 whatever, you know, the, the URL address. Um, and since the link tracking in ActiveCampaign just replaces that anyway, um, mm -hmm. the spam filters were seeing that as, as him trying to trick the spam filters by put, you know, uh, he's putting in one address, you know, my, my site.com, um, mm -hmm. Active campaigns replacing it. So what the spam filters are seeing is a URL that's been replaced by a different URL. So almost like the link shortening thing that you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was spiking his spam score. But if he just changed it to say, you know, click here and then put the URL behind the words click here or check this out or whatever, then the spam, spam score dropped dramatically. Mm -hmm. you know, and and he was just trying to be open and honest about what links he was sending people to, and the spam filters were actually punishing him a little bit for that. So it was an interesting yeah. experiment. Yeah, it's almost like uh, you know fishing when it comes to email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. That I think that's I, I think I, I uh, actually listened to that. Is that, is that uh, your podcast with Sean? Yeah, yeah, or, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you know, the, yeah, it's basically like they look at all that kind of stuff, like the you know ISP. So you want to make sure that. Um, even those little quirks, you you kind of test and see if there's uh, if, if it's getting you know filtered because of that. Um, you know, like yeah, because you know people the ISPs want to make sure that uh, they're transparent to their their contacts or their uh, users also. Uh, and just a loop back question about that spam score. Um, you know, inactive campaign when you're you're setting up your campaign, you're setting up your email. You know, you get your little spam score there. Is that a proprietary algorithm, or is that you're just pulling that in from somewhere else? So, like, you know, somebody could go and check in greater detail what's tripping those spam scores. Uh, we actually use Spam Assassin, so spam it's assessment. a uh, yeah, it's an open source uh, you know platform or checker. Yeah. And you know, they want if people want to take a closer look at what kinds of uh, uh, filters there are and what kinds of scores they could just look at um, look up spam assassin and they should be able to find uh, resources on that all right cool um, and and lastly kind of what are some of the big misconceptions that you see out there that people have about deliverability um, I think the biggest misconception is that you know people think that uh, deliverability only relies on the the ISP or the ESP that you know that they don't uh, when when they send that you know when and there are any issues that it's always uh, or only uh, the responsibility of the um, the the ESP to take care of the deliverability and that's you know really a you know bad misconception and something that could hurt um, your reputation could hurt you know your um, bottom line so I think when it comes to deliverability, you, you know, we want to be aware of everything. Like I said before, it's a fickle, um, you know, a fickle thing. So you have to uh, be aware of any changes, of any uh, um, any uh, uh, trends within, within deliverability. Um, you know, the you know common mistakes in terms of deliverability. You know, like uh, what people make would be having like bad list management. You have to make sure that you take care of your list. Um, some people don't test, so if you don't, uh, you know, you have to, you want to make sure that when you're sending, you're also testing your emails to make sure that you're getting the, the rates that you want. Um, um, in terms of advice, uh, you know, I think the main advice that would give to people would be to target uh, and also to focus on segmenting and uh, um, using tags would be a great way of doing that. Yeah, and 
And I think the biggest one is, you know, opens doesn't equal deliverability just because somebody oh, yeah, yeah. didn't open your email doesn't mean it wasn't delivered to the to the inbox in the first place. But um, and, it, oh, yeah. and, and there's an interesting thing, like you said, keeping up on all the latest trends and all the latest changes in the landscape, very similar to how SEO works for, you know, web content. But um, there was a lot of discussion around the, the usual places, the boards and the groups and things. Uh, just this last week about everyone's deliverability dropping dramatically and everyone's pointing fingers at whose fault it is. And eventually I think it got tracked back to the fact that Gmail just changed their spam algorithm quite substantially so that a bunch of emails that used to be going into people's inboxes were now ending up in uh, someone's spam folder or, you know, out of the inbox and into the promotions tab or whatever. So I think people need to be aware that there's a lot of different layers that email goes to from the time you hit send, you know, and then it goes to the server and then it goes out to the server and then it gets handled by a bunch of other servers and then it ends up in someone's inbox and that inbox has an algorithm itself. And then, um, you know, this little subtle change to very much like SEO with Penguin and, uh, and all the Panda and all those other updates, that little subtle algorithm change by, um, by Gmail all of a sudden, bang, mm-hmm. Killed uh, people's deliverability. Well, not really deliverability because the, the message got there, but it ended up going to either the spam folder or somewhere it wasn't going previously. And uh, yeah, everyone, nobody knew what was going on. So you're right. Like it changes. It's a changing landscape all the time, and you can't you can't possibly just say point at one thing and say what well, this is this is the be all and end all deliverability because it's made up of so many different things. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, like uh, while you were mentioning Gmail, I, that also reminded me of what happened last year when it comes to uh, AOL and Yahoo. They did the same thing. Basically, they implemented the mark on their uh, email. So you know, when when that happened, people that were using Yahoo and email and then uh, AOL as their from email started uh, getting their emails bounced. Uh, so those, that's essentially what happened with Gmail as well. Although right now it's it's they're not as strict as what you know as uh, Yahoo and AOL when they did it. So they're like I think right now they're just soft failing it. Um, if you have the mark in place, then that's usually when um, when the bounces happen or where the filtering happens. But you know like we really have to be aware of that. Um, you know keep up with uh, the latest trends, the latest uh, you know changes in deliverability. Well, you, knew, you learn something new every day, John, because I didn't even know AOL was still in business. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what they do, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I just know that some people use uh, you know, AOL as their, um, uh, as their email address. So, <laughs> wow. But in terms of what their business model is, I don't know. Welcome to 1985. All right. Um, John, I want to thank you so much for your time today and uh, filling us in a, a little bit about uh, you know what you guys look at as deliverability and what we should be looking at uh, as deliverability. You mentioned a couple resources there, MX Toolbox, Bright Verify, Spam Assassin. Uh, any other places people can go to learn a little bit more about deliverability and what they should and shouldn't be doing? Sure. There's a, a great blog that I usually go to um, to learn you know to learn about the trends in deliverability. It's called the wordtothewise.com slash blog. Um, so that's a good resource when it comes to, you know, the to, um, latest uh, things in deliverability. You could also go to our uh, help, um, our help uh, section and look for the deliverability section. So we have articles there about improved open rates, 
uh, what to do when it comes to, um, you know, uh, when you have like high spam complaints, high abuses. So th- those are, that's a good place to go to. Um, and then um, you could also go to mail-tester.com uh, for testing your email. So a lot of uh, people have been using that, the, like a lot of our clients that I that uh, are being are uh, using that right now, and it's a free tool. So it gives a second layer of uh, testing aside from the spam assassin tool that we have on um, on the campaigns. Okay, great, cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. I don't want to keep you anymore because I want you to go home and play with your kids. Um, <laughs> so thank you very much, and we'll see you online. I want to thank John for coming on and sharing his insights on deliverability with us. My challenge for you is to go find one thing in your marketing and your emails that you can change to increase your deliverability and your chance of hitting that inbox. If you want to learn more about deliverability and marketing automation and sales funnels and how to put them to work in your business, you can join us at the Active Marketer Insiders, the private community for entrepreneurs and business owners just like you who want to learn more about sales funnels and marketing automation and how to put those powerful techniques and tactics to use in their business. You can find out more about the Active Marketer Insiders and how to join over at theactivemarketer.com forward slash members. So until next week, Get out there and design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using sales and marketing automation. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Active Marketer Podcast. You can find the show notes and all the latest marketing automation news over at theactivemarketer.com.